Hello, and welcome to the Bite Size Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Shiroki, and today we are going to begin our look at the book of Galatians. Um, I wanted to focus specifically on this book because as we go through the law, um, we've already looked at Exodus. Now we're going to get into Leviticus next. But before we do that, like I said, I wanted to kind of stay in the New Testament and I wanted to look at this specific book because Paul, although he addresses the law throughout a majority of his letters in the New Testament, um, Galatians, I feel like he really nails down some key points to really help us understand where exactly we stand in the Lord and where the law is, how Jesus fulfilled the law. And it's important that we, you know, focus on, again, the actual law itself, but also right now under the new covenant, which we are under the you know, the age of the church, if you will. Um, right now we are in some very special times, some incredible times actually. And, um, I'm really looking forward to getting into Galatians. It's one of my favorite letters Paul wrote, one of my favorite epistles. It's, um, it's just a, um, you know, a great book. I mean, everything Paul did was really, um, very, uh, educational and very informative and, um, just really opens our eyes and helps us understand exactly, um, kind of, again, what our position is in the church and how we are to look at the law, how we are to look at salvation, how we are to understand exactly who we are in Jesus Christ and where we stand in Jesus Christ and in society, in the world, what our place is you know, what our role is to be as Christians. Um, you know, Paul had a very good grasp and understanding on that aspect as well, which is, um, again, very important to know. It's important to get into the word and know the word of God. It has many, many effects, positive effects on our life. Um, especially as Christians, it really helps us to, um, the thing that jumps out at me is avoid false gospels and teachings for one. And it also helps us to know how we are to live, how we're to conduct ourselves, how we are to handle life situations that we're going to come in. You know, it's amazing to be saved. It's amazing to have that spiritual reality in our lives. But unfortunately, we still live in a fallen world. We're still living in the flesh until, you know, the, the new age comes, until the new um, new covenant is fulfilled, if you will, and Jesus Christ finally does return, judges this world, and then we have a whole new um a whole new chapter of eternity to look forward to, if you will. But, you know, right now we have to understand and um, know how we are to conduct ourselves again in this world, what we are to do when we're confronted with different situations, different realities. Um, we'll see in Galatians where, you know, essentially, um, the Judaizers, the, the teachers of the law, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, 
are trying to implement and basically push legalism onto new believers because, again, they simply don't want to lose their grip, their power, their control over the people, which is what a lot of religions, you know, fear when it comes to the true gospel of Jesus Christ. One of the major ones I can think of is Roman Catholicism, how they implement a lot of false teaching false rituals, false beliefs into their own religion and then kind of hold it over their um, their uh, uh, religious uh, um, followers uh, heads, if you will and who knows what they do with all the information they get from things like uh, confession um, you know, when it comes to all the um, you know, tithing, all the offering things like that, but Um, again, it's all about religion is about control, but when it comes down to it, relationship is about forgiveness, salvation in Jesus Christ and walking as the new creation that we're made to be and letting the old things pass away, putting the old man away and walking in the light of Jesus Christ. He is the light of this world. He came to show us the way to live and to also expose the sin of the world to show us that we need a savior and he was that savior and is that savior to this very day hallelujah he is our good father he is our advocate before the father he loves us he is our good shepherd and um he wants us to experience life as fully as possible here on earth as we can and that being walking out his purpose for each and every one of our lives which is unique and as unique and different as each and every one of us are so what i'm going to do today again is we're going to just do an introduction to galatians i'm going to look through essentially the introduction that's in my spirit filled life new king james version bible that just gives a nice background and um after this episode we are going to actually get into the book of galatians we'll start with chapter one i plan on just working working through from chapter one up through chapter six and um again just focusing on exactly what paul's talking about and how he addresses the law again he was the perfect one to do this and to be the lord's um messenger if you will because he was an expert on the law. He was a, a very high-ranking member of the Sanhedrin. He was a um, he was a member of a group that basically um, was an oppressor of the church. Um, he would, you know, he did not want this gospel to spread. <laughs> and then, ironically, the Lord knocks him off his high horse on the Damascus Road, and then basically calls him to be one of the greatest evangelists to have ever lived and the greatest evangelist to ever have lived because he was the one who spread the gospel to us, the Gentiles, and really birthed what we now know as the Christian church. So without any further ado, let's take a look at the introduction to Galatians. Okay, and like I said, I am gonna we're gonna look at the introduction to Galatians today, and we'll just go right off of the um, 
again, the introduction that's in my Spirit-Filled Life New King James Version Bible. We're going to cover um, just different topics, you know, how the personal application of the book, how Christ is revealed, the Holy Spirit at work, the occasion and purpose for the book, the actual content, and then um, we're just we'll just go from there. So, the author is Paul. The date written is believed to be 55 to 56 A.D. The theme is justification by faith alone. The key words are grace, gospel, faith, justified, promise, liberty, and law. So, looking at the first section here called Destination. Galatians is the only letter Paul specifically addressed to a group of churches. Galatia was not a city, but a region of Asia Minor, which included many towns. Its name originated in the 3rd century BC when a tribe of people from Gaul migrated to the area. In the first, excuse me, in the 1st century AD, the term Galatia was used geographically to denote the north central region of Asia Minor where the Gauls had settled, and politically to designate the Roman providence in south-central Asia Minor. Paul sent this letter to churches in the providence of Galatia, an area that included the towns of Antioch, Iconium, Lystria, and Derby. The question of the date of Galatians hinges mainly on the correlation of chapter 2 verses 1 through 10 with Paul's visits to Jerusalem recorded in Acts. Although chapter 2 may be identified with the famine visit of Acts chapter 11 verse 30, fewer difficulties are encountered by identifying it with the events of Acts chapter 15. Paul probably wrote the letter about AD 55 or 56, when he was in Macedonia or Corinth on his third missionary journey. The occasion and purpose of the book. Legalists in the church, called Judaizers, taught that certain Old Testament laws were still binding upon Christians. They reasoned that God's promises extended only to Jews and that Gentiles must be circumcised before they could fully experience salvation. The Judaizers did not deny that faith in Jesus was necessary, but insisted that it was inadequate. One must add to faith observance of the law. This doctrine was in direct contradiction to Paul's insistence that salvation was by grace through faith so that Judaizers sought to discredit his teachings by challenging his authority. They charged that he was a second-hand apostle, inferior to Peter and James. Furthermore, they argued he was a compromiser who made the gospel more attractive to Gentiles by removing its valid legal demands. Paul vehemently reacted to the evil propaganda of the Judaizers by asserting his apostolic authority and explaining the gospel of grace through faith. Galatians contains biographical, doctrinal, 
and practical divisions of two chapters each. In the first section, chapters 1 and 2, Paul defends his apostolic independence, not in a spirit of personal indignation, but to establish the divine origin of his gospel. In the doctrinal section, chapters 3 and 4, Paul presents a series of masterful arguments and illustrations to prove the inferiority of the law to the gospel and to establish the true purpose of the law. In the practical application of his doctrine, chapters 5 and 6, Paul exhorts the Galatians to use properly their Christian liberty and not to abuse it. Rather than giving license to sin, the gospel provides the enabling means to attain the righteousness that the law demands. Amen. The personal application of the book. The same perversion of the gospel that Paul combats in this letter keeps appearing in various forms. Legalism, which teaches that justification or sanctification depends upon a person's own efforts, thus denying the sufficiency of the cross, is the most persistent enemy of the gospel of grace. Circumcision and other requirements of the Mosaic law may no longer be issues pertaining to salvation, but oftentimes the observance of certain rules, regulations, or religious rites is made coordinate with faith in Christ as the condition of Christian maturity. Galatians clearly declares the perils of legalism and establishes the essential truth of salvation by faith alone. This epistle was the battle cry of the Protestant Reformation and is the Magna Charta of spiritual liberty for all time. Christ revealed. Paul teaches that Jesus places those who have faith in him in a position of liberty, freeing them from bondage to legalism and to license. The Apostle's main emphasis is on the crucifixion of Christ as the basis for the believer's deliverance from the curse of sin, self, and law. Paul also describes a, a dynamic faith union with Christ, visibly portrayed in baptism, which relates all believers to each other as brothers and sisters. Concerning the person of Christ, Paul declares both his deity and his humanity. Jesus is the substance of the gospel, which he himself revealed to Paul. The Judaizers were as wrong about the means of sanctification as they were about the way of justification. A key passage is chapter 3, verses 2 and 3, in which Paul asks the Galatians, who would readily admit that they had begun their Christian life by the Spirit, why they were seeking spiritual maturity by performing works of the law. The intimation is that the same Spirit who regenerated them causes their new life to grow. Amen and hallelujah. In chapter 3, verse 5, Paul asks a similar question concerning the Holy Spirit. The language he uses indicates an experience of the Spirit 
that extended beyond the Galatians' initial reception. The verb supplies suggests a continual supplying in bountiful measure with while works indicates that God was continuing to perform miracles in their midst through spirit-filled believers who had not slipped into legalism. The word miracles refers to the charismatic manifestations of the spirit evidenced by outward signs such as those described in 1 Corinthians chapters 12 through 14. The phrase the promise of the spirit in chapter 3 verse 14 was also used by Peter to explain the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. These verses teach that we receive the Spirit by faith and that the Spirit continues to manifest Himself in power as we walk in faith. In chapter 5 verses 16 through 25, Paul graphically describes a fierce and constant conflict between the flesh, our lower nature that's prone to sin, and the indwelling Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit when we passively submit to His control and actively walk in Him, can enable us to die to the flesh, deliver us from the tyranny of the law, and cause the fruit of holiness to grow in our lives. This section, chapter 5, verses 16 to 25, is a part of Paul's exhortation concerning the proper use of Christian liberty. Apart from the controlling, sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, liberty is certain to degenerate into license. Amen. So after reading that, I'm sure, I mean, I'm excited to get into Galatians. I can't wait. I love, again, this book, especially it's incredible how as I get more into the word and as we just get more into the word and the spirit leads us and shines us and shows us different things how you really get a hunger and a different type of understanding for the word as well. And I love the description there the commentator makes where he talks about, basically it's the passive submission to the spirit. The less we try, the more we allow the spirit to work in us and change us as people. And I have experienced that 100% in my own life. I'm really glad to be looking at this book as well because, again, I had a bad experience with legalism when I was a younger Christian, when I was in my late teens, that had a very hard and and tough effect on me for many years of my life, frankly, because that legalism always caught up with me, and the minute I would try to do things on my own and not just have total faith in the Lord that He can do all things through me, That's when I would get caught up in the flesh, when I would fall to sin, and when I would fall away from the Lord. It was this continual horrible cycle of just, um, you know, desiring the Lord, putting my faith in Him, letting Him start to move and work, and then I would get caught up in the legalistic ways again, and I would fall. And unfortunately, that's a pattern that a lot of people go through sometimes throughout their entire life, but... Finally, I got to a point where I just said, Lord, I don't want this anymore. I can't do this. I know there's more to you than what I know right now. And it's amazing how once you just truly yield and submit to the Lord fully, 
that is when you allow him to work through you and through me and again i mean legalism is it's an absolute poison it's a way that people like to try to control other people as the judaizers were doing with the um new believers telling them they had to be circumcised but you know there's a lot of different subtle things that people will try to tell you and try to implement cuz where is it basically um uh, one I'm looking forward to going through and seeing Paul when he talks about how he you know where the the um the the religious teachers basically try to say the Judaizers say that he's a second-hand apostle I mean Paul the thought of him being a second-hand apostle is absolutely ridiculous but they're trying to discredit him so um you know but at the same time there's um there's a lot of good arguments Paul makes throughout Galatians against just and supports all his points but you know when it comes down to the the idea of liberty versus license for example we're going to look at that you know where yes we have liberty and freedom in Christ but that doesn't mean we have a license to go back and just sin and you know um take up our old ways because we there's so many verses that completely speak against that in the New Testament and again I live as the new creation in Christ that I am so I know that now I'm a different man than I was a year ago a couple years ago 5 years ago 10 years ago I I spiritually grow and mature and that's a very um incredible thing um you know to to really experience and live out which is a very humbling experience as well and um there's a line here where the the commentator says in this personal application part where legalism teaches that justification and sanctification depends upon a person's own efforts thus denying the sufficiency of the cross is the most persistent enemy of the gospel of grace which you know that's basically what it comes down to when we say well don't do this to try to stay away from that or to try to implement our own type of sanctification into our lives what we're missing is the fact that we're trying to do something on our own that only the spirit of god can do and when it comes down to any sin it's never going to be broken by us doing anything it's going to be broken by us being broken and falling on the rock and le- allowing ourselves to be broken and that's when Jesus Christ can move and and work and the Holy Spirit can move and work in our lives when we come to our end when we say I can't do this Lord how please take this from me he loves that that's what it, that's exactly what he wants us to do and the reason why simple so he can show us that we should be still and let him be god. It's a beautiful thing. We serve an amazing god. We have an amazing lord and savior in Jesus Christ. And I'm really looking forward to getting into Galatians. Took a little bit of time off just cuz I had a lot going on unfortunately, but I'm really excited to be finally starting this look at Galatians. We're going to look all over in the New Testament, Old Testament, and um who knows how long it takes i really don't care cuz i want to thoroughly cover everything that god puts on my heart he already has me in a good direction for the first chapter and i'm looking forward to getting into it so until then god bless and have a great day